Prepare within us, O Lord God, a place in which you can dwell. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. That's how Matthew began his birth narrative. It is the account of God coming unexpectedly to a young man and woman who comes from, the, the man who comes from the house of the lineage of King David. Joseph, a carpenter by trade, living in a time when his homeland is under Roman occupation, he must cope with the unfairness of Roman taxes. He's confronted with the required census, which will certainly mean even greater taxation. It is into this setting that our story begins. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, when they were children, as was the custom, their marriage had been arranged. When Joseph and Mary reached the age of adolescence, they became officially engaged. And it was understood that a year later, the marriage would take place. During this year's engagement period, the couple does not live together. So for Mary to be pregnant, well, it just couldn't happen. But it did. In the world in which Joseph and Mary lived, adultery, which would have been Mary's crime, carried severe penalties. If Mosaic law on sexual relations was fully observed, Joseph could have brought charges against Mary, and she could have been stoned to death. That was his right. That was the law and the law was on his side. Joseph, while an observant of the law, was also compassionate, and he plans to dismiss Mary quietly. Joseph doesn't want Mary to be publicly humiliated, let alone stoned to death. His compassion prompts him to spare her life. I can only imagine what thoughts Joseph must have had as he struggled on what to do. The confusion, the uncertainty mixed with compassion. He knows the law. He knows what he's allowed to do. But he also knows what his conscience is calling him to do. He's caught between the knowledge of the law and his own compassion for another human being. Having finally resolved his struggle... He chose as quietly as possible to end the relationship, risking, of course, the ridicule of all of his peers. But his life is about to take a dramatic turn when an angel comes to him in a dream. Remember, dreams were part of their understanding of life. Remember Joseph, generations before, who was given the gift of instruction and interpretation of dreams. 
I love John Sanford's book, Dreams, God's Forgotten Language. I read it at a time in my life when I was having lots of dreams. Some of you may be like me. I dream in color. And, and I was having a repetitive dream again and again and again and again. And so I finally went into therapy to figure out what, what's going on with these dreams. And, and I found John Sanford's book, Dreams, God's Forgotten Language. And he says that when God can't get our conscious attention, he uses dreams to communicate with our unconscious. Boy, that was true for me. The reason my dream kept happened to happen kept over and over was because I was too stubborn to look at it. Well, God certainly got Joseph's attention. He went to bed one night, sure of what he would do, and say to Mary the next morning, and then sometime during the night, everything gets all mixed up. And this angel comes to him, and, he sa- and the angel says, Joseph, God has something else in mind for you to do. Oof. That was my experience. God says, Linda, wake up. That unexpected presence, that Emmanuel, God with you and me. You see, I kind of understand that experience of thinking, you know, Joseph was thinking, well, I'm going to be going down this road. I'm going to go this direction. This is the best direction to take. When something or someone intervenes, and you end up going in a completely different direction. I was very happy being retired, folks. It was awesome. No, no, and no. A Trinitarian, no, I'm not going to do another interim. I liked going to the pool whenever I wanted to. I liked going to the movie with my husband whenever I decided to. I liked to do whatever I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it. And then, an angel. get carried away. And then an angel named Nathan came calling. Evidence, y'all, evidence that you can never predict who God is going to call to send the message. Well, y'all know the rest of the story. I'm here, and I'm living out an exciting, exciting time because of you, because of this angel. I get to be with you at this time in the life of this parish as we look forward to where God's messengers are coming to us to call us forth into what God has in mind. Be ready. So has that ever happened to you where you kind of know that you're going a a, a certain direction, you've made a decision, and you're headed that way, and all of a sudden something happens, someone happens, and you end up going in a completely different direction? I think that Joseph had no idea 
at that moment of that encounter what was really going to happen to his life. Perhaps you've not had an angel come to you, but you've just had that sense that God has shifted things just enough that you've noticed it. And then what what happens next in the story is kind of astounding to me because I need to hear it. What does the angel say? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid are the next words out of the angel's mouth. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Don't be afraid to take on that challenge that you thought you never could. Don't be afraid to say, I'm sorry. And don't be afraid to say, I forgive you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, for God is there. If I was Joseph, I'd be saying, now wait a minute. (laughs) Wait a minute. I've already decided one thing, and you want me to do something different? And God comes along, and the angel says, don't be afraid. God is there. But that's not all to the story, is it? Not only not be afraid. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because the child she's carrying is from the Holy Spirit. Now, if nothing else would scare me to death, it would be that if I was Joseph. Oh, my goodness, seriously? Joseph is supposed to believe this angel by not being afraid to take an already pregnant woman to be his wife, and the baby that she's going to have is conceived by the Holy Spirit. Does that sound easy to you? I don't think so. Un-unbelievable. Unbelievably true. True. It will be up to Joseph. Did you hear the very end of what Ken read? It will be up to Joseph to name the child. This Jesus who comes showing and giving the gift of love. It's quite a story, isn't it? Remember, all this took place to fulfill what has been spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel. God is with us, you and me as well. I wonder what kind of condition Joseph must have been in by the time he woke up from that dream. Scripture doesn't tell us how he felt or what he thought. It only tells us what he did. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, had no marital relations with her until she bore the son. And then, and then, Joseph, Joseph named the boy Jesus. Joseph, this silent, compassionate man, heeded God's call and acted on the angel's instructions. Joseph could have taken the easy way out. Instead, he chose to listen and follow God's instructions. What lessons can we learn from Joseph, this forgotten man of the gospel? The last, second to the last verse When Joseph awoke from sleep, 
he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. In the midst of the gut-wrenching dilemmas of his life, Joseph accepted the answer he got from God through the angel. Unexpected, amazing, and as incredible as it may have been, Joseph listened, and then he followed the instructions. Joseph's story reminds us that when our life is anchored in God, we are able to stand firm in the commitment to live out our faith, even if it means going against society. Through prayer, we can stand up against the society and seek God's will for our choices and our actions. We can stand against what seems to be the easy way out, what may seem fashionable or politically correct. The word and will of God must be the message that drives our lives. It is God's compassion that we see exemplified in the quiet man, Joseph. So my brothers and sisters, the stage is set for the final countdown to Christmas. We have lit the fourth and final Advent calendar and within a few short days, we will come back here to celebrate the birth of the baby, the Savior whose love took him to the cross for our sake. As we prepare, we take a few moments and we set aside all the gift wrapping and the last-minute shopping, the baking and the cooking to focus our attention on Joseph, an ordinary man living out an ordinary life and an encountering an extraordinary God. We, you and I, we are the Josephs of today. We are ordinary people living lives that await the revelation of God that is at work within us. Like Joseph, who will raise the Jesus child to manhood, we have a choice. We can turn and we can put God quietly out of our lives, or we can open our hearts and offer them as Christ's birthplace. Oh, that we will have the eyes to see and the ears to hear and the mind to comprehend and the willingness to go, the willingness to say yes to the call of Emmanuel, God with us. Come, Lord Jesus. We are ready. Amen.